Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, the horror movie podcast where two schlubby guys talk about spoopy movies with your hosts, Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, an angry man who is always right. This podcast is for lovers of horror movies, old and new, that want to hear about what's in theaters, what's streaming, fresh takes on old classics, and terrible horror movies that are bad enough to be good. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. Thank you for joining us today. Please check us out on our website at horrormovietalk.com. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. All the links are on our website. We're on pretty much all of them. Today we are going to be talk about the... (laughs) We're going to be talk about... (laughs) (laughs) That's that's staying in. Uh Uh-huh. That's staying in. (laughs) Can we talk about he didn't even miss a beat? He's just like today we're gonna be talk and then you looked at me when I was wheezing, you like the fuck man, why are you laughing at me? Alright. Okay. Yay. We'll be talking about the evil within. A dream is a story I tell myself, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of saying it, I guess. Well, if it's a story I tell me, how can I trick myself? You think someone else is telling you these stories? It has to be. Someone like... I control your dreams. I can handle the nightmares. You haven't yet had a nightmare. What are you hiding? Why are you lying? We have to stop the nightmares. We have to fix our brain. Oh, wow. Bad dreams, buddy? How can you stay awake all night? mirror I hate, Dennis, and I'm going to break the mirror right now. Hey, 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 John! There's a crime in progress. When you're sleeping at night, I'm the one who whispers in your ear. So, The Evil Within is the first and only film from writer-director Andrew Getty. The film follows a mentally handicapped 30-year-old man named Dennis and his brother caretaker, John. Dennis is haunted by his dreams where a nefarious presence, played by Michael Berryman, seeks to torture and ultimately possess him. The nightmares quickly become reality as the evil presence communicates to Dennis in his waking hours through his reflection in a creepy antique mirror that his brother John has thrust upon him. His manipulative reflection quickly instructs the befuddled protagonist to commit heinous acts to escape from his nightmares and show the world that he is smarter than they think. What did you think about The Evil Within? So, I found this by just kind of like searching. I I think I like typed in horror movie into Amazon. And this came up um, with, like, decent ratings. I mean, nothing crazy, just kind of average. But the trailer looked so interesting to me. 
because it had stop motion and it had like practical effects. So I was excited for it. And upon watching it, I quickly realized that this was a, a rather low budget movie that looked and sounded a little bit like a low budget movie, st- straight to streaming or straight to video movie. And so that gave me pause. But this movie, I, I, it delivered reliably and it kept my interest the whole way through i was interested it was fun it was funny it was alarming mm-hmm. uh and disturbing and i i really liked it yeah i think for me i didn't like it wasn't like a fantastic movie right. but it was surprising how good it was right i think for me it was the nicholas cage of movies where <laughs> it simultaneously is terrible and great at yeah. the same time and so it's hard to say where you land. The good stuff definitely balances out the bad. There's there's a lot of bad stuff, but there's also a lot of good. In a charming way. Yeah, in an in a independent movie type of way. I disagree. I didn't think it seemed low budget to me. I thought, wow, this has a lot more budget than it deserves necessarily. They pulled off some effects that are really impressive. Yeah, stuff that I haven't a- a- seen recently. Right. I just haven't seen this stuff yeah. really. I think the on, in IMDb it said it had a budget of about six million dollars, which yeah. isn't insignificant for a horror movie, especially when some horror movies are doing found footage and it probably takes yeah, less un- than a million dollars. Unfriended to- Dark Web, less uh, or about a million. Right, and this had six. Yeah. What you take away is it's a truly interesting movie, and the director had a unique vision and you'd have to appreciate that even though some stuff just did not work. The script, the script was bad. The script was very bad. Oh, the acting was good. I disagree for, for what it was. I, I disagree. I think, well, I mean, I guess the plot, the, okay. plot wasn't, like, the plot wasn't bad. This, the writing wasn't good. The writing wasn't good. If I, it wasn't pulled off well. Yeah, the, the the acting really helped out the yes. writing a lot. Dennis, the 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 main character who is mentally handicapped uh young man uh an excellent actor. Right. Very good. He has some chops. Yeah. And he did like that is not that's not an easy role to right. play, you know. I mean, that, and from to, the... and to play well and and he did it <laughs> reliably. Well, and was the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, easy. Um, I mean, the the bad parts. It to me, anytime that. Well, we can get into this into this later. What what the bad parts are, but what what's uh, what rating would you give this on a scale of one to ten? So the rating system, and we'll come up with a more slick way of putting this out there. Rating system one is the worst. Ten is the best. Um, five, five is, is average average serviceable normal yeah anything up from five is oh it impressed me it impressed me it was it, it was has to be engaging and entertaining this much more than a five yeah it has to be pull off some aspect of the movie much better than an average horror movie or it has to be innovative um bringing new stuff to the game uh 10 would be an absolute best horror movie a of breakout. all time yeah a breakout be... of a, an, a breakout of the genre into just into just a stellar film yeah. one would be the absolute worst like you can't even have fun making fun of it with friends it just sucks your soul and is an absolute source of misery two to four would be 
Um, it it's just bad. They didn't pull it off well, but maybe there's redeeming qualities about it that you can appreciate or yeah. at least make fun of. Have yeah, fun making every funny, step making down. Yeah. Okay. So with that all being said, I, the rating I would give this, I, I give it like almost a set. A, no, I guess I go six point five. Because it because it was just so it surprised me so much in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I gave it like a straight up five. You did a, a straight five. Like I said, like it's the Nicolas Cage of movies. It's that's it's fair. Just, it's it's balanced. The the bad parts had are s- outweighed by are are perfectly balanced perfectly by the good balanced. Yeah. by the good parts. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> uh, it felt so charming to me it holds a little bit of like a a fond memory almost yeah. for me so that's no, that's where it'll, the 6.5 it'll stick comes with from. me i think also a, a higher rating i don't know it almost deserves a six just because i know i'll i'll think about it later i will think about this movie a decent amount not because it's terribly scary or a great example of horror but because it's a unique little gem yeah that stands out in a, in ways that I've I rarely have seen movies any movie stand out. So let's get into spoilers. Ooh. We're gonna get into spoiler territory, going over the plot and spoilers. So yeah, let's just go over the plot of the movie. The, probably the most interesting part of the trailer is it's very obvious that. The main character is mentally handicapped, and he's also the one doing the killing. Yeah. So lots of treacherous ground. It could be a complete train wreck in terms of tastefulness, PCness. <laughs> yeah, and and it steps, humor. It steps unintentional all... humor is is could be rife with this plot. Yeah, and you know they don't they don't tread lightly on you know saying the word retard on. Um, Around all of the subject matter, (laughs) around all the subject matter that comes with, you know, a mental handicap, they don't tread lightly on it, but it's, it, at no point does it reach a fevered pitch of, of head smacking or make you very, very uncomfortable. At least me. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who would be more than happy to be very offended by this movie just based on the premise that it touches on yeah. the word retard a lot and yeah. and steps all over the hardships of a person with a mental handicap. Right. Did you think I'm retarded? No, Dennis. You're you're the good and bad guy in this movie. I like you. The rundown of the movie so it starts out with a very pretentious narration in kind of a David Lynchian dreamscape. Yeah, very David Lynch. And that that was the part that tipped me off to this is not a super low budget movie because they have this full carnival out in the salt flats. on location on salt flats and either the person is a carney and has access to those or they paid a lot of money to get someone to bring them out and yeah. get that location. Yeah. Um, that narration, super, super big words, just very, very pretentious writing. And, uh, that's what tipped me off to make my bold prediction for the ending, which we'll get to in a segment later that we call Bryce called it. 
This it, is going to get very annoying, by the way. Bryce called it. Is going to be a very annoying segment. Yeah. Because now you're going to be laser focused on being on making bold predictions. Uh-huh. And either that's going to go very well and it's going to be annoying because you're right all the time or it's going to go very poorly and it's going to be annoying because you're just incessant with it. You're, well, it's the best. You're it's, bashing it's, it into my head all the time. No, it's, it's the best because it's confirmation bias. We'll never do the bit if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll just sound like an absolute genius every time. But so I'll far, I'm, I'm two out of two. I'll, so yes, far you from, are. From the last I'll figure out a way and to this make one, you. this one's the most impressive. Listen to the end of the podcast to learn the what? exciting. This is prediction. By, this is this is. And by the way, you you, you got to hear. You really do got to hear what Bryce called on this <laughs> because it was called within the first ten minutes of the movie. He called a, a very vague, like just an out of out of nowhere kind of thing. Like yeah. he he. he it wasn't said, something. It wasn't a generic of, thing that you could call with yeah. a movie. It was very specific, and it, and he had a firm premise for it that turned out to be true. Once we learned, like who made the movie, mm-hmm. and and once the movie yeah. unraveled, let's, to, let's not to over, kind of confirm. Let's not over okay, so, we're so not, anyways, don't have this dreamscape and and uh, very pretentious writing describing the uh, asking questions about the nature of reality and dreams and. And all this stuff, and then it devolves into uh, actually pretty disturbing imagery of this. Um, I think the character's name in the script is called Cadaver, which is played by Michael Berryman, mm-hmm. a perennial horror movie face. Spook, spook he's, face. He's got a congenital disease. Where he doesn't have any hair, hair uh, doesn't have any sweat glands. Got a bumpy head. Got a really bumpy head. So he was in. He's one of the mutant bikers in Weird Science. He was in. He looks kind of like Toxie, the Toxic Avenger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they got him all make made up to be a dead body, and uh, it's in the trailer too. But he installs a zipper on the back of Dennis's back, unzips it, and climbs into his body. Yeah, it all was... done through stop motion and special effects that were very, visceral. very effective. Yeah, it was it was a visceral situation. That, yeah, that played out in a way that made me extremely uncomfortable. And and he so it's like it's like turn a body into a suit, unzip that suit, and then like climb into someone else. Oh, it it was not. It was um, kind of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street ask in in some ways yeah so the the voice of the narrator um describes that now you know he can't tell his dreams from his wakeful state and you know he woke up where he was dreaming it's just very you know you're run-of-the-mill where does reality begin right you know and then it goes to him and his brother and his brother's girlfriend eating a picnic where this is said You're going to have to get used to the way I speak out loud. My inner voice is considerably more sophisticated. John, this chicken was good, but we didn't bring any ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Serious tone, serious subject matter, and then my inner voice is very sophisticated, but my outer voice, not so much. Take a listen. John, this chicken is pretty good, but it doesn't have ice cream. How do we bring the ice cream? 
<laughs> so that's the introduction to the character of Dennis and the reveal that he's mentally handicapped. Yeah. It was a great reveal. Not super subtle. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that was intentional. I mean, that it, had to be an intentional. It, it had to be intentional because there were plenty of moments like that that were like that would set you up set your expectations up and then dash them quite expertly it would just be like oh this is serious and then it would just come at you with some line that was fucking ridiculous <laughs> and and may, and it would catch you off guard so well that you had to laugh yeah every time yeah. it was it was it had great. some great moments that can only be in bad horror movies yeah we're in this movie that made it great yeah there is I've, I've got a couple clips that we'll we'll play later but uh so it begins like that revealed that dennis is mentally handicapped um the main characters are dennis his brother john and his and john's girlfriend lydia next we're taken back to their house and john gives dennis a present that he is not enthused about it's a super creepy antique mirror standing mirror standing mirror and Dennis throws a fit because John moved some of his habit trail habit trail for his hamsters. And I wish we had more hamster talk in that movie. Yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. I feel like hamsters were just out of there from after the first scene. Dude had like the bitchinest <laughs> hamster trail or habit trail system. Like, you know, the kind that you dreamt of as a child when looking at the habit trail box. So I don't even know what habit trails were it's the tubes that yeah, hamsters the, climb through you you got and they're and they're you know they have like all different they have the big one it's it was like lego sets kind of right but for hamsters and he had one that like went around his whole room super cool i wanted that as a, i think every kid who had a hamster wanted that yeah so dennis was upset that john had to move some of his stuff or move some stuff out of his room but john insisted on having the mirror in there because reasons hmm. and it it really tied the room together and they're all trying to big sell. lebowski and they're trying to rent out the house or oh, sell yeah. it or something I, I don't know not not they needed the mirror there so that they said here's a mirror here dennis you really pulled <laughs> stop the throwing stop throwing a fit this is an integral to the plot of this movie that you don't know about yeah and and Dennis warmed up to that mirror quick. Very quickly, um, Dennis's reflection starts talking to him through the mirror. The plot of the movie revolves around the reflection getting more power over Dennis and getting him to do eviler and eviler things. Right. And I think the premise there is the corpse that yeah, climbed the into cadaver. his yeah. body during his dreams had control over him. A little right. bit and was make and was making him look into the mirror where they could talk back and forth to each other. Yeah, when I was going over clips of the movie to, to pull, I was I forgot and it was to to the movie's credit, it was a good idea. At the beginning when he starts talking to his reflection, the reflection is also mentally handicapped. The the reflection oh, yeah. he he's able to you know be himself. Be himself and, and have more complex thoughts about what was going on, but it was but told, be told through the through the retard voice. <laughs> and then it turned into him talking normally and being 
kind of a nefarious version of Dennis. Yeah, as soon as the dude climbed into him, then he became sophisticated, Dennis, within his head. He climbed into him. Well, you know, the when he unzipped him and climbs into him. Well, that's the first thing. That's before the mirror. Oh, I'm sorry. Him. I have this out of order in my head. Um. Anyways, the the reflection asks him to first kill animals because that'll show that Dennis understands that the social constructs of society don't matter and that he understands that so they'll see that he's smart and so we def- smash we, cut he to, desperately wants to be smart yeah smash cut to in a large cooler full of dead animals <laughs> like they don't waste any time <laughs> i which i appreciate yeah it did not get mired down you know he didn't get bogged down in the actions it just was like here's some fucked up shit this guy did and a cooler to prove it <laughs> yeah and so cooler by, full of pomp by Pomeranians. that, yeah. By that point, the reflection is speaking in a normal cadence and is very much more insistent, and tells him that now he needs to kill kids or next kids. Yeah, let's let's get that kid down the street. He's a pretty good one. Smash cut to another cooler full of children. <laughs> yeah, and then the reflection is just free game. At, at some point. The reflection jumps through. He gets Dennis to put the mirror against another mirror to make like the infinite mirror reflection, and then he jumps through and pushes Dennis into the dark place. Yeah. So, and the insinuation there is now Dennis is the one trapped inside the nefarious dudes. Yeah. Now it now his body is the nefarious dudes, and Dennis is trapped within his psyche. The, yeah. The, the nefarious psyche. dude just is free game. Switched. He starts murdering everyone, including. Like Dennis's crush at the ice cream place. Yeah, and, kills everybody. Uh, Eventually, at the end of the movie, everyone is dead. Right. It is full retard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it's it's a, a gradual, sequential process for the possession of Dennis. And actually, at one point, the the evil presence says something to the effect of I've been called Legion in yeah. the past, which is a reference to if you don't know, I mean you should know if you're a fan of horror movies, but Legion or Marvel is, Comics is like the the biblical story of probably the most famous biblical possession story. Right. Where Jesus comes up to a guy and, you know, says, Who are you? and the guy says, We are many, we are Legion. And yeah. then Jesus Banishes the demon into a herd of swine, and then this herd of swine jump off a cliff, which is probably the most metal. Yeah, it's pretty fucking metal. gospel story. God damn, <laughs> dude, making pigs leap off cliffs. <laughs> I mean, that's a nod to pig destroyer right there. Right. So that that's what's happening. That's Next the most important part of the movie. And then, meanwhile, the boring part of the movie is John and his girlfriend having relationship issues and being completely clueless to what's going on. Yes. With Dennis. Even though Dennis is... They were pretty busy going out to dinner. Hey, Dennis, you gonna be okay? Can we go out to dinner, buddy? I'm fine! Everything's fine! I can... Don't look at these coolers! Okay, bud, we'll see you later. I'll show you later. <laughs> and at which point, at the very end of the movie, they're like, Hey, where is everyone? Everyone's kind of dead. 
here's here's a here's a clip where they come up on a coffee shop and they actually recognize someone that they know. This is this is John the brother and Lydia his girlfriend uh, and they're and they're and they're like, "Oh man, where is everybody?" Yeah. Pete! Uh, hi, John, Lydia. What what what's going on? Oh, you're a little bit excited and it's creeping me out, man. It's just it's just really good to see you. Yeah. Super to see you guys. No, no, you don't understand, man. You're the first familiar face that we've seen all day. It's it's just really Twilight Zone-ish. Okay. Uh, oh, John, I, I've got Dennis's books on tape here. Um, yeah, th- yeah, so... Okay. <laughs> Uh, that guy is my favorite person in the entire movie. Yeah, by far. Because he was fabulous. Because yeah. he played it like a guy who is asked to be in a bad movie and he didn't want to be in the bad movie. Right. And he so he played it like a guy who didn't want to be in a bad movie. Any script that contains the word it's Twilight Zone ish doesn't deserve the respect of a great performance. But the actors do a really serviceable job, but that guy is probably the best, most highlighting performance of the movie. It was great. Okay. All right. What? <laughs> like, like he's like he's. It's almost like he's taking a highlighter to the awkward, most awkward part of the movie, and then going, "Yeah, this is awkward, and I'm here." <laughs> Why? At one, at What's one happening later? So part of the subplot is. <laughs> John notices a stench in the basement where Dennis is working, and he's assuming woodworking because he hears woodworking sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, but but in reality, Dennis has taken up taxidermy to right. preserve the Pomeranians, cats, small children, adults, and everyone else who you see in this movie. So it reeks in the basement, and John doesn't know why, and Dennis won't let him go into the secret prohibition area secret hiding spot where he's doing all his work so it's gonna be a big surprise and uh john finds a bunch of books about taxidermy and he's like what the fuck is dennis what are you doing do- what are you doing with his taxidermy books dennis stop asking questions stop it hey no you can't come down here you got your own office why don't i have my own office i'll show you my woodworking stuff later we'll so this, this later. the scene where he meets this guy at the coffee shop it's <laughs> it's very confusing, but what they're trying to do was say, oh, those weren't Dennis's books. There was a mix-up. He got someone else's books. Dennis obviously doesn't want to, you know... Learn about into, taxidermy? Learn about taxidermy. And they mention a specific name. Oh, it's not Dennis, it's Chuck, but I don't think we even know who Chuck yeah, is. Yeah, we don't know just, who Chuck is. It was one of those things about... And I don't know why this guy would be a library book broker. Yeah. Oh, I got those books. Those books you were asking for from the library? Yeah, I got that, you know, that VIP library pass, so... So anyways, John was very uh, relieved that Dennis wasn't learning taxidermy, even though it's pretty obvious, you know, from the dead flesh stench that he probably is. Anyways, he goes back to coffee shop guy, and the coffee shop guy goes like, oh no, he's he's learning about taxidermy. taxidermy. Yeah, Dude's in the taxidermy. And I then thought. here's the other. This is probably my favorite clip from the movie. Bar none. Two two of the greatest. The, this quotes is the from, dude from this coffee is, shop. This guy. is the library broker. Don't worry about that smell in your basement. It's dead animals. Taxi. 
Pete, you gotta call the cops. I don't want to. <laughs> you gotta call the cops. And I don't want to. Hey, no, I, you know, my time's up in this movie. I'm done. Yeah. So first of all, oh, don't worry about that stench. That's just dead animals. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so anyways, that was, that was the reveal after he showed him that it was his taxidermy books. And then of course. I don't want to. I don't want to. Which is the greatest response to call the cops in a movie ever. It wasn't like, okay, or uh, right away. It was just, uh, what? no. And it was very in character because the guy's just cagey as all hell. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the basics of, yeah, of that's the plot. The and then what what happens in the end. Oh, well, yeah, there's I, also an element of John trying to decide whether he needs to put Dennis in a mental institution or mental hospital because his girlfriend doesn't really want to live and have the drama of it should be noted yeah i'm sorry can, can continue Finish of, of having a mentally handicapped brother and and doesn't think john is capable of you know spending the time and giving him the care that he needs and that it'll probably be better for dennis to be cared for to but he doesn't want to send him to a uh a facility because he feels responsible for dennis's mental state because in fact he knocked the retard into dennis <laughs> yeah it's revealed that john got what is it got mad at dennis yeah they were something? having a fight as oh kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they so, were having so a fight for, as little kids first first off like it's revealed that dennis was actually a savant or not right. Savant. So he was, he was like a genius. Before the accident. Yeah, before the accident, he was that pretentious voice from the narrator at the beginning of the movie. Right. He was super smart, like way ahead of his class, and he was like certified genius. And then at some point, they get in an argument, and John hits him over the head with a bat, and he falls. John Dennis falls down the stairs. He clocks him good. He and and Dennis receives a a brain injury from it. Right. And now he's mentally handicapped yeah so and so john is responsible for that and so he feels a lot of guilt and he doesn't want to he feels like he owes dennis a lot yeah understandable so that that brings us to the end of the movie do we give away the actual end of the movie i feel like we probably shouldn't do that no we are we will we said spoilers okay this is the double spoiler part okay if you don't want to know what the ending of the film is Give give us three or four minutes. Yeah. Um, so the ending of the film, the well, first off, the police and uh, hum, human services are breaking police in. Police knock take- on the door. They walk in, and uh, they're they're walking up the stairs, and they're like, "You smell that? Retard stank." <laughs> <laughs> they're breaking it, essentially breaking and entering because they don't have a search warrant and then they're like what's that smell you got that smell retard stank just the yeah that's probably it that probably yeah. is the greatest line of that's the, the movie. best yeah. line in the movie so anyways they they're coming after dennis and john is trying to find dennis he finds him in the basement to where the grand reveal of the movie David, you describe it. And it is grand. The grand reveal of the movie is um, his brother, uh, Dennis, is um, sits up on stage 
as a ventriloquist with Lydia, with his hand up Lydia, who is hollowed out. At this point, Lydia has been killed. And Lydia he, has been killed. Oh man, that's the most disturbing scene of the that whole movie. That was oh yeah, we got to talk about that disturbing. So so Dennis or um, uh, blah, blah, blah. John comes in, sees sees his brother Dennis on stage with his girlfriend Lydia sitting on his lap, and he's like, "Oh, what a this looks fun! You've prepared a a show like a vaudevillian show for me." And then Dennis, and then so he sits down in a chair and he comes to realize he's super glued to this chair. So the chair has been prepared with super glue. John is not going anywhere. And then Dennis proceeds to use dead Lydia as a puppet to talk, to narrate a story about how he was done wrong by his brother who made him retarded with Lydia. By by moving his hand in Lydia's mouth, yeah. and you can see his fingers, <laughs> and it's fucking upsetting. Yeah, it is not not a a pleasant thing to watch. And then there's this whole cavalcade of macabre. Yeah, he puppets. like tells the story of how he was burned, how he was changed. By John throwing him down the stairs. By John throwing him down the stairs. And by he's... by with all of the things he killed, all and taxidermied. So now they're all puppets on a giant stage play that is truly macabre and horrendous. And uh, and he he like builds a spider out of body parts. It is. <laughs> fucking upsetting yeah lots of stop motion stop and motion. genuinely creepy and that that part will stick with you yeah and it's it's good like it's good stuff yeah and everyone okay now now let's segue into and we're done with spoilers spoilers for end is well, well no, 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 no 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 not no, quite no. done no, no, no. <laughs> now so it's we gotta... now we segue into bryce oh. called it okay so what? <laughs> okay, for the first sequence right. of the movie. From what did I call? So about ten minutes into the movie, for no apparent reason, with n- n- like no actual, no real trigger here. There was nothing. There was not something that happened where Bryce that would have triggered Bryce to say to me. Like it, I didn't see why he would have said this. He says. Oh, someone's going to commit suicide at the end of this movie. <laughs> and I said, "What? Like did you did you look this up or something like that?" And he's like, "No, this this dude's a pretentious writer." So what happens at the end of the movie? At the end of the movie, after watching this horrendous uh macabre uh stage play, John realizes everyone he knows and loves is dead and takes a gun out and kills himself in the chair yeah shoots himself in the head commits suicide i totally called it from the first <laughs> just from the writing it was so pretentious i'm like okay uh, i'm someone this pretentious wants to be edgy and the 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 easiest way to be edgy is to have someone commit suicide at the end of the movie that's exactly what happened it is it is I thought easy. It, I, I honestly thought it would have been Dennis, but it was it was his brother instead of I don't know being made into a puppet I guess. So immediately after John um 
commits suicide. Dennis is tackled by the police and taken into a mental institution. Yeah. And then it shows that Dennis is no longer his, oh. his real prison is inside his own head because the the real Dennis is being trapped inside the body while the Legion Legion is controlling him while, you know, being in a mental institution. So it's very much like get out. Yeah. The the real prison yeah. is inside you. I mean it's it's really a toss up whether this was better than get out or not. <laughs> No, it was not. No, it was not. Get Out was better. Don't listen to him. Okay, so uh, yeah, it was. It was genuinely a very interesting movie, um, and entertaining and funny. Yeah, we. I looked up who the director was because as I was watching it, the thought that came across my head was: this is a really good first movie for directors. This this person has a unique point of view. I'm looking forward to see what else they make because yeah. this was just released in 2017. Yeah. It's like this guy could be big. Oh yeah, if this is his first, then come, I mean, sky's come, the limit. Come to find out, it's kind of a tragic story. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's, through, it, it's not only is it tragic, but but it's very interesting because yeah. of who he is. So the director and writer is Andrew Getty, John which, Paul Getty's grandson. Grandson, yeah. So John Paul Getty is was one of the richest people in the world in the 60s and he He's was an the subject tycoon, matter right? yeah he was an oil tycoon he was the subject matter of the recent film all the money in the world mm-hmm. the movie where kevin spacey was ousted because he was coming on to underage boys yes. and then he so was replaced the, by christopher Plummer. right that was last year and and so, so how his, it worked his, uh, was yeah. like they shot the whole movie with spacey and then the allegations came out about him, and then they were like, well, we can't yeah. release this movie now, and they reshot everything yeah. with someone else. Which is neither here nor there, but the, the plot of the movie revolved around John Paul Getty's grandson was kidnapped and ransomed, and John Paul Getty was like, I don't want to pay that much money. And so he, he like, Keep they, him. they cut off the grandson's ear and sent it back, and he was like, eh, meh. <laughs> so this is, John Paul Getty was a hardcore dude, and so that story is happening. Asshole. And Andrew Getty is that earless guy's cousin and right. another grandson of John Paul Getty. Right, and his father is worth billions of dollars just from inheritance, and was a music composer. Anyways, Andrew Getty um, comes from money, and that explains why. Not just money, you know. You like, hear you hear comes from money, and you think. We're talking like the most money, the yeah. the most. Yeah, like and new old money. Yeah, we do not negotiate with. Uh, no, I'm not going to pay somebody who 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 kidnaps my grandchild because then just, everybody's just going to kidnap my grandchild. <laughs> my all my grandchildren are be gone. I could cut my losses with this one and have all my, the rest of them because everybody's going to know I'm not going to pay ransom on. Yeah. Them, so this movie was actually filmed mostly in 2005 what yeah it was a long time ago and andrew getty had been absolutely um just going over and over again over the editing editing being a perfectionist for like a decade wow and then he died tragically in 2015 yeah from 
complications related to methamphetamines. Like he had like an ulcer, just basically. Oh yes, bled out internally. Yeah. in his intestines. Yeah, he's like, hey, oh man, I'm not. Fi-. He told like his housekeeper or something like that. He's like, boy, man, just not, not feeling it today. And like two days later, he died of bleeding out an ulcer in his intestine. Right. Like, whoo. Like so. Yeah, that's rough. Heavy drinking and uh, and amphetamine use. And so he died before the movie could be finished, and someone else finished the editing and released it last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that in itself would make a really interesting movie. Right. Yeah. No, The so this is an interesting movie, genuinely, in a lot of different ways, and you could make another very interesting movie about the maker of this movie, a la The Room and The Disaster Artist. Yeah. Which... Yeah. I mean, it, it, there was points in this movie, like that coffee shop sequence, that it made me think of the room. Yeah. Of just, oh, there's yeah. a lot of arbitrary lines and kind of non sequiturs. And just saying, this is the this is the plot now. This is what I'm feeling because I just said it right now. And this is what's going on. There's, it has no relation to anything. And there's that so many. Before. But, but, it, the, and it's kind of cobbled together. Like, there's a bunch of just inane, weird stuff that, like, pops in. Like, the, like they have a giant. Like, a real giant. A person with gigantism in the extreme. Yeah. Like, the largest man you've ever seen, ever. And he's just in a part of the movie. And, and it's interesting because, wow, look how big that guy is. Yeah. And listen to him talk. And I think I've seen him from somewhere else, but I can't recall where. And... Okay, and now he's gone. Yeah. And there's that kind of stuff just popping in all over the place. It's just like, oh, hey, full frontal nudity. Look, <laughs> full frontal nudity in this movie. And then, and then she turns, she into, turns into an upside down spider. And it's like, oh, oh, whoa. And then that's done. It's a bunch of very interesting stuff that's kind of cobbled together and held together like loosely with funny, bad writing. Yeah, and just... A lot of things Bad visually day. visually interesting. Visually, this movie was great. Yeah. Like the, the camera shots, the movements of the camera, lots of him, f- fun stuff with reflections. Him talking to the mirror was the great. Mirror. Like at first I was like, this is going to be corny and played out. But it ended up being interesting the whole yeah. way through. He did it really good. The acting was really good. Um, had some people you might recognize. The, the, <laughs> the, brother, the brother, my first observation John. was... This guy sounds exactly like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, generic and, and looks. Yeah, kind of generic uh, sounding lead male voice. Just that was the, the first takeaway. Looked up his IMDb, and he was Powder. Yeah, he was Powder, and he played the young Indiana Jones on a bunch of stuff. Which yeah, he he looks yeah he looks well he is the young <laughs> and he was he was in he was the main character one of the main characters in Boondock Saints. Was he? Yeah. Huh. He was in Boondock Saints 1 and 2. That movie gets so much play, like, from so many people, and I've seen it one time, and I was like... Like, even when I saw it, I was a teenager, like, the perfect audience for that, and I was was just kind of like, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. And then Lydia, his girlfriend, is Dina Meyer, which you'd recognize from Starship Troopers. Yeah. And Beverly Hills 90210. I know David was a big fan. No, I was not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, this is real lies. Yeah, the acting, the acting was really good. It's a real good movie. I would definitely recommend it, even if it's an average movie. It's 
free streaming on Amazon Prime. So yeah. if you have an Amazon Prime membership, it's free to stream. Check it out. Um, even if you want to fast forward to the parts with with John and Lydia, Wait. just to get to the yeah. interesting horror sequences with the stop motion and the special effects, which is genuinely disturbing and interesting. Yeah. We got taglines. Oh, yeah. We got taglines. Let's uh, do taglines. I love these intros. They're really... Yeah. They're just very well thought out. Uh-huh. They're well executed. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there's some depth there. Yeah. Okay, so this is a segment where we uh, we kind of create a couple of funny taglines that could be the tagline for the movie. And this one, we had to tread lightly because we don't... <laughs> Did we tread lightly? We didn't <laughs> tread very lightly, but it could have been a lot worse. Let's be very honest. Right. Because... These are the we ones have that we didn't throw out. I don't know that we do have an audience base, but if we do, it's small. And we could cut off 20% of our audience by offending them with jokes about retarded yeah. people. Yeah, we're, but, trying, we're but trying to be funny. <laughs> let's, let's be very clear. This movie handles mental, uh, you know, m- mental problems in the same way that we're throwing these taglines out, if not much more brutally, and it does a good job of it without without it being upsetting. So, did you think I'm retarded? I've already told you, Dennis. I like you. <laughs> you smell that? Retard stank. <laughs> oh my Anyways, so uh, yeah, tagline. Here's a tagline. Uh, um, the evil within when killing animals is the best way to prove your intelligence. <laughs> the evil within horror just went full retard. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Dan, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> the evil within evil just got retard strength. The new face of evil is drooling. The evil within horror doesn't need no 50 cent words. And I was told I'm on my own with this one. <laughs> Knight of the Mongoloid. <laughs> he refers to himself as a Mongoloid in this movie, just FYI. Yeah. So those are our taglines. Just, I mean, unfortunately, we can't get him to Andrew Getty anymore because he's no longer. That's a really alive. sad story about Andrew Getty. Yeah. I genuinely would like to see more stuff from him. Me too. And it feels like he probably got sucked into addiction, and that's what kept him from finishing the movie. Because it it really talks to the more I look through the movie, like when I was pulling clips and stuff, it was actually really competent in how he set up stuff. And there was some stuff teed up at the beginning, like the the cadaver unzipping him and crawling into his body sets up the whole puppetry stuff at the end um there's a sequ- there's a scene in the middle where they go to a chuck e cheese type place and he's like how does that work and they describe how these animatronics work yeah. and that's tied into the end of the movie it's like it's not he, he knew what he, what he was doing and he had a vision and he pulled it off yeah for the most part it's yeah and it's sad that he didn't get to uh you know not only see how it was received but 
uh, make yeah. more. Rip Andrew Getty. Yeah, rip. So with that, um, please check us check us out on our website, horrormovietalk.com. Like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcast, Stitcher, all the places where you, you know, uh, go to find your podcasts. Uh, check us out. We also got a blog uh, that we'll be contributing to regularly. And uh, I just made one about how um, slashers kind of killed horror for a long time, and now now they're now horrors good, good horrors coming back. Yes, yeah, so check it out. The website is the hub for all of our social media, all of the episodes, and all the links to subscribe or blog. So go to horrormovietalk all one word dot com. And thank you so much. Thank for you for listening. listening, and we'll see you next time. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.